This account has repeatedly posted false information that was reviewed by independent fact checkers or went against our community guidelines. What's wild is I presented all of this, like all the things that I'm telling you, and they would just come and hit it with all the fact checking and say that this is all false. But I showed all the documents and all these things related to every source. There's the largest direct energy weapon system in Hawaii. It's on the island in Maui, and it's there. So if this wasn't an attack like that, what was it? It seems like we've gone backwards despite unprecedented abundance and technology, wealth, resources, et cetera. Because a lot of this stuff will sound woo-woo or quackery or pseudoscience, yeah. but that's those are Rockefeller terms. There's even the word, which I found last night and it gave me chills when I just said it, abundance written on the buildings. On all the buildings, it says abundance, truth shall set ye free. Huh. Well, that actually goes against everything we're talking about today because they are trying to change the narrative and show us something different. Welcome to the Conscious Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Griff. I'm a conscious serial entrepreneur with a passion for wealth creation, sovereignty and natural law, spirituality and consciousness, financial literacy, commerce, investing, and the game of money. I am the founder of the Level Up Collective, a conscious wealth mastermind in which I lead countless others through the process of unlearning most, if not all, of what we've been taught about the world and the game of money, and then relearning what the rules of this secretive game really are and how we can actually win at it. I was incredibly blessed to stumble across many of the secrets of the 1% at a young age. And rather than keeping it all to myself, I'm on a mission to share this information freely with as many people as I can. This podcast is going to challenge the very fabric of your reality. And at times, you may find yourself running up against some of your deepest unconscious belief systems. I encourage you to give yourself grace, keep an open mind, and never just accept what I say as fact. Always do your own research. I never want you to just assume I am telling the truth. I am not here to convince or teach you anything, but rather to reflect back and remind you of things that somewhere in your consciousness you already know. Take what resonates, discard what doesn't, and enjoy the ride. Now let's get started. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Conscious Wealth Podcast. This week we have Mr. Matt also known as Cultivate Elevate with us. How's it going, Matt? Hello, hello. Happy to be here. So for those of you who aren't aware, before we get into things, I want to just share that today's guest has had his account deleted previously at 70,000 followers. And uh, uh, something that I thought was pretty hilarious is if you try to follow him on Instagram, for example, for those of you who don't currently follow him, who are going to go check him out after today's episode, you get a little warning that's going to pop up that says this account has repeatedly posted false information that was reviewed by independent fact checkers or went against our community guidelines. Are you sure you want to follow this person? <laughs> and uh, I don't know about you guys, but when I see that, that's uh, definitely an account worth following <laughs> and worth 
and worth seeing what they uh, what they're posting. That's so in violation of the community guidelines. So, um, Matt, can you give us an intro on uh, what you do and who you are? I guess what, what is your what is your brand about? What do you like to put out? So, I'm the one of the founders of Cultivate Elevate, and we created the brand to provide superfoods and to also put out solutions and not fear. And that's where all that fact checking has actually came about because we've posted, I've posted so many times about solutions, abundance, how we're not running out of anything, you know, as much as we're told we're running out of things. And I've shown all the, the sources as well, but all of those things get fact checked and they're told, we're told that, you know, it's not true. But our company is about elevating our, our health, elevating our body, you know, elevating our home. You know, we have a whole different range of superfoods to help nourish the pathways which have been turned off or are missing nutrients, because that's a really big one. When I was in the health and fitness world, you know, I noticed a lot of things are usually like a single ingredient or a single nutrient, but our body does not work on a single nutrient way. It works on feeding it in a full spectrum. So I'm really big on providing nourishment to the different pathways on a full spectrum basis. So we have things like dragon's blood. We have things like shilajot. We have things like pearl powder, all of these wonderful superfoods to help nourish the pathways and turn things back on. And then we also have a beautiful page on electroculture, which is basically a very simple way of harnessing the atmospheric energy to increase your yields if you're gardening. And this was all shown back in 1835 during the Royal Agriculture Society. So we just have a whole bunch of different information that, like you said, you know, goes against the guidelines of talking about abundance and solutions. I love that. Yeah, we're going to get into to that a bit because you have some fascinating videos and just kind of your takes in general on certain topics are polarizing, to say the least. And um, but what's cool is you always you always back it with videos showing proof, basically, which is you know, I imagine triggering for some, but I like to see it. Uh, and those videos tend to go viral. So what is your, uh, what is your company called? Cultivate Elevate. Cultivate Elevate. Got it. So same as your brand. So how did you, I want to, obviously we won't spend too much time here, but how did you find yourself in this position? Like uh, speaking for myself and all the people I've connected with over the years who are on more of a whether it's a spiritual path, whether it's a personal growth path, or whether it's a health and healing path, I, I notice some similarities in the journey. And usually one who is in a position of positively impacting others and speaking out against a lot going on today has a background story as to why they're so driven to go against the grain. What is yours uh, at maybe a high level view without spending too much time there? So, I mean, it started when I was in the health and fitness world. I've been in the health and I was in the health and fitness world for, I mean, 12 years, 13 years, you know, personal training, helping people, trying to offer some solutions, um, show a different side, you know, how, how we can be healthy. And as I was in the health and fitness world, that kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things that didn't make a lot of sense. I owned a really big gym in Chicago. It was an old school bodybuilding, powerlifting gym. I watched people squat a thousand pounds, deadlift a thousand pounds, bench 626 pounds, do a whole bunch of stuff. That's just crazy feats of strength because we had so much energy. The gym was based on energy. And I realized that this energy connects all of us. And as I pretty much left out of the fitness world and started getting into like a holistic healing, understanding things with mushrooms, natural remedies, you know, connecting to nature. I started to know 
was actually taking a toll. When I was about 30 years old, my health started taking a very big toll. And I just felt something was off. And as I started understanding that, you know, the dangers of GMOs, pesticides, canola oil, seed oils, all these different things, I started connecting all these dots and thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this, this doesn't make any sense. This is not for anything long-term. So as I went through this, that whole experience, I moved out to Arizona and I started just connecting with nature and I started getting into everything related to energy with healing, different types of superfoods, anything you can think of. You know, I was trying different things and different blends and concoctions and all these things. And it all led me to 2020 of the creation of Cultivate Elevate. And we started with our first superfood, which was lion's mane mushroom, which helps feed the brain and help feed the pathways of the brain. And it pretty much just kind of has grown since then and just bringing out different superfoods to help heal the body. Because what I realized is, is through the journey of my health issues, you know, the professionals or the people that I was talking to wouldn't address the root cause. And they wouldn't address the root cause because in their 10 years of educational schooling, they only have five hours of nutrition. And so when I would go to these professionals, they would tell me that it's genetic. I'm getting older. You know, this is just how it goes. And I remember telling them, I'm like, I'm 27 years old. What do you mean I'm getting older? I've been here for, you know, 27 years. It doesn't make any sense. You know, so I started having all these health issues, tried all these diets. You know, I was suffering from bloating, swollen, swollen lymph nodes. You know, I started having weight gain. I started losing weight and you know, all these things that didn't make any sense. And I started to really connect into it was just the root cause of what I'm putting into my body, onto my body, and what I'm living amongst, basically my terrain. And as I clean up all of that, everything pretty much healed. So as I started learning all these things, I put a lot of this stuff out there for the last couple of years, and then was deleted multiple times for talking about these things and just being healthy. I mean, our page was originally censored too, for just talking about eating organic and drinking green smoothies. It actually used to put a little fact check thing that said that this is not correct. And I thought, what? I'm like, people are being healthy. Like, how does this not correct? You're, you're, you're eating, you know, straight from nature and nature doesn't have side effects. Nature just heals, you know? So when I started realizing all of this and we were deleted then multiple times, you know, I continued to keep just pu putting stuff up and it's grown ever since. And I try to show every side because when I was going through my problems and my issues with my health, and all the other things related, there was not another side being shown. You know, they, they didn't talk about, nobody talked about, for example, the dangers of EMF and all this EMF and what this can be doing to our cells. You know, the GMOs, the fluoride in the water system, you know, all these things which could be a culprit to a health issue. So I tried my best and that's what I've been doing and trying and being adamant about every video that I put up, showing every side of everything. And it all started with, I just wanted other people to be healthy. You know, when I was in the fitness world, that's what it was. And still to this day, I just want people to be healthy because nobody deserves to have their health taken away from them for something that they didn't even know was impacting them. Yep. You know, I saw like, even with, you know, my, my family members, I saw family members, their health decline when they started, when we started eating fast food and that was it. That was the only difference. They cook from scratch. And then all of a sudden, when they started eating fast food, which is GMOs and McDonald's and things like that, the health just declined. And nobody should have to go through any of that or suffer in that way just because of being poisoned. So that's what we're all about at Cultivate Element. Beautifully said. So if you had to give like a, a top five, top five things that are the biggest threat to the average person in 2023's health. Where does your mind go? 
So the first one would be GMOs. And the reason I say this is because the last study on organic was 1992. And they showed that organic foods yield 100 times more nutrients than conventional foods, which are primarily GMOs and sprayed with pesticides. So that is a really big one. And there's a documentary called GMOsRevealed.com, which pretty much changed my life, which was 22 hours long. And you really have to understand what we're eating. This is not the food from 1902 anymore. This is an altered food. And that would be the first one. The second one I would say that is the next culprit would be our water system. You know, the fluoride in the water system. You have chlorine in the water system. You have a runoff of all the pesticides in the water system, too. Yep. So people being aware of this one, I think, should be really important. You can go to a website, ewg.org. You can look up your zip code and see what's in your water. And then you can get filters for that. That's mm-hmm. the cool part about that testing. The third one I would say is next would be is Wi-Fi. You know, you're pinging a microwave radio frequency in your house 24-7, 365. The book, The Invisible Rainbow, goes heavily into this by Arthur Fistenberg to explain the dangers of radio frequencies. Marconi, the creator of the radio, died of eight heart attacks. That's a big (laughs) reply that a person who created the technology suffered from eight heart attacks after creating the technology. So when it comes to Wi-Fi, getting rid of Wi-Fi, hardwiring your devices is a great one. The fourth one that I would say is your clothing or your lights, because those things both impact your frequency. You know, switching from LEDs to incandescent, number one, I would say of all things, are very soothing, very relaxing. And the oldest bulb on the planet, the centennial bulb, is an incandescent. So that kind of goes to show what we should be using. And then moving into your clothing, you know, opting for clothing that's derived from natural fibers, such as linen, such as hemp, you know, all these different beautiful natural fibers that don't gather static. That can be very beneficial to the body because when you have too much static on you from wearing polyester or polyurethane or sleeping in polyester sheets, it can lead to restless leg syndrome and impact your sleep. So when it comes to your clothing and your lights, those play a role on your frequency. And then the last one I would say of all things, because this is not one that's actually in the home, but something people need to be doing is barefoot grounding, going out into nature, connecting with nature, spending more time in nature than spending time on technology or spending more time reading out in nature because our bodies are meant and designed and built to be in nature. They're not built to be in this. You know, and here in Arizona, I mean, you're out in the sun all the time, hiking, trying to be in nature and everything else, and you feel great. And there's a great book, Dr. John Ott, Health and Light, that talks all about the benefits of sunlight and how sunlight has healed almost every ailment. So I think those are five simple ways or five simple things which are impacting our health, but also solutions to those things that are impacting our health. Beautiful list right there. And I think this is a perfect segue into one of the things that really stands out to me about your content and about your page. You're very big on electricity. It's almost like you see everything as electrical whether it's we're talking about grounding or whether you're talking about copper and electrical charge or whether it comes to the materials and you're talking about static and everything like that and and the charge that they carry. Can you kind of uh, illuminate for us, how do you view electricity and charge as it pertains to life? And do you view all of health and life as electrical? I'm super curious for you to kind of uh, educate us here. So the simplest way to say it is think of us as one big conductor, you know, filled with water, which is also conductive. 
And whenever a person is not feeling well or they pass out, the ambulance usually comes and they shock them back to life to bring them back because that's that's boosting the electrical charge of the heart. The heart is always sending a frequency to the brain and everything else. And then the body is gathering all the energy from all the ether, the chi, the prana, the orgone, the life force energy that's all around us. When you sit out in the sun, what are you doing? You're charging your batteries. Your cells have all this beautiful water and you're bringing this nice warming frequency onto the skin to help charge the body. But yes, as you start to look at the body, everything is conductive. If you get into everything about like Ayurvedics and everything of the past, they used a lot of copper. They used a lot of zinc. They used a lot of brass. They drank out of brass. They cooked with brass. They cooked with copper. They cooked with all these conductive materials. But nowadays we use a lot of iron and we use a lot of plastic. And both of those don't conduct really well. And they lead to a lot of blockages in the body. When you get into the old piping systems of the houses as well, too, they used to have copper piping. Copper piping is very conductive for water and allowing the uh, electrical structure of the water to maintain itself because it can block radio frequencies. Now we have a lot of plastic, which diminishes the conductivity of the water and also blocks the energy. Then we have plastic clothes, which block the energy as well. All the royals used to wear linens. They were all about linen. And linen is this beautiful material that doesn't gather any static. Because if you think about it, if you ever walk on a carpet and you start to gather all the static and then you shock your friend, that static can actually be toxic to your health because you have this, you know, your hair gets all frizzy and everything else. And your body is picking up on that. A lot of the times when a person's suffering from a heart ailment, they can have too much static built up on their heart and their chest. And that's why going out into nature and discharging that static can be very beneficial. And when we get into illness, as I've started to learn, you know, on the West, uh, we we're, you know, told about the contagion and, you know, things are jumping all over, germs are jumping all over. But on the East, everything is about electrical conductivity. And basically, the only thing about illness is that the cells are not spinning the proper direction. Once the cells begin to spin the proper direction, the cells are healthy and the person is healthy. They are out of the ease that they have been told that they're in, dis-ease. So when we start to bring back the conductivity, we start drinking a lot of water and we also start drinking a lot of salt. We have a lot of soup which when you think of water and salt, you think of the ocean, which is very conductive. So you're bringing back the conductivity to your body and bringing back the state of that electrical charge. Usually you add ginger, garlic, lemon. One of those will thin your blood and help increase that electrical conductivity too. So when you get into it, a lot of things relate to your electrical charge and your aura and your essence. You know, that's it's all of it. And even if you want to get into it farther, you can look into soul water which is water that's added with sea salt. And if you think about the name, it's invigorating your soul. And it's just an electrically charged water that we have a sip of to help enhance our energy. So when you get into all of this, it's very remarkable about how energy plays a very big role and how everything is conductive and how we are being sold things which are not conductive and then also not helpful to our health. So what I'm hearing is... Things that conduct electricity are anti-inflammatory and things that do not conduct and almost mess with electrical charge cause or proliferate inflammation. Yes, that would be pretty much what it is. Because think of you having a blockage. Think if you have a whole bunch of uh, blockage, for example, in your arm, the energy cannot transfer, the blood cannot flow, things cannot repair themselves because you start building up all these blockages. 
That's why with acupuncture, they would actually take a copper needle and they would place it into the areas to basically turn those areas back on. Not only are they engaging that area to reduce the blockage, but it's also with copper, which is electrically conductive. So you're kind of turning on those spots which now have been blocked up and the energy is not flowing and you're opening that pathway up so that the body can begin to heal. And if we have all these blockages, our body cannot function. Similar to when a person has a lot of food in their stomach, they can't think because all the energy that's being used for their digestion disables their ability to actually think at the same time. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Yeah, I really, I really like your approaches here. It's, it's very apparent that um, you've been heavily influenced by Eastern methodologies, much more so than <laughs> Western uh, sick care. So while we're on this topic of electricity, and you obviously mentioned EMFs, I definitely wanted to make sure to touch on this conversation around EVs. Now, you've done some really cool videos that have gone viral. One of them had over 10,000 shares where you have your tri-field EMF meter and you're walking around near a Tesla charging station and there are a few Teslas charging and then there's also just empty chargers right there. And you're kind of waving the wand around and your meter is going off and very, very high levels of EMF it's picking up. So I find this very interesting because we're obviously being herded into Agenda 2030 where they want us to basically only be able to buy EVs. And after 2030, apparently, is what they're aiming for, you won't be able to buy a gas car and everything will be electrical and there will be smart cities and the Internet of Things and EVs and self-driving cars and all of this, right? So if that's the direction we're headed how do you personally go about protecting yourself from EMFs in a 2023 world? And then number two, what is some low-hanging fruit that my audience, who maybe isn't as aware of this stuff as you or me, can implement today to improve their cellular health and protect themselves from unnecessary non-native EMFs? So the first thing is starting with your home, like we talked about getting rid of the Wi-Fi in your home so that you don't have this unnecessary pinging going on inside the house. But yeah, as for this whole push, it's very interesting because the electric vehicle was actually before the gasoline vehicle. It was actually created in about 1888, and they had electric vehicles which got 1,000 miles to the charge. Our electric vehicles only get 250 miles to the charge, so we're getting duped in more ways than one. Yep. But when it comes to you know healing, we want to look at things and say we need to connect to nature so we can get the static off of us. The biggest thing that happens when a person is exposed to a tremendous amount of EMF and Wi-Fi and frequencies is their blood begins to thicken. It begins to almost like clot together. And then oxygen and everything and all the minerals cannot move around the body. So when you go out into nature and you take your shoes off and you just put them into the earth, your, bo your body naturally starts to kind of dissolve all that thickening and help relax the body so that the minerals can move up and down the body. So that I would say is number one. Number two, with the whole electric vehicle push and everything else that's going on, they're trying to push everybody into that so that they can be cooked, in my opinion, because none of this makes any sense. You know, we don't need any of these things with the Wi-Fi pinging and all of this stuff. We have, for example, fiber optics, which are 10 times faster and 10 times safer. You know, and as I even looked into the patents in the past, I saw that people created telephone devices which could work on the earth. They would ground a rod and be able to communicate and talk to each other through the earth. It was only until the creation of the radio waves that everything started going through the air. 
Nikola Tesla's technology, which is not talked about because Tesla has now replaced that, but Nikola Tesla's technology was all about the ground, sticking things into the ground because he realized that you could harness this beautiful energy and we don't need to use all the stuff up in the air because it's going to impact our health. So when it comes to barefoot grounding, it's a great solution for healing the body. You know, like we talked about with the different types of clothing, that can be very beneficial. The other thing that can be very beneficial is a substance called Shilajat. And I always talk about it. And I actually had a lady who's a nurse who started taking Shilajat. And it's a great, remarkable remedy for radiation poisoning. That's what a lot of people are suffering from. They have a loss of smell, loss of taste. You know, they have ringing of the ears. They have nausea. They have hair loss. Those are all symptoms of radiation poisoning or radio wave sickness. And radio wave sickness was changed multiple times to other diseases so that we wouldn't pinpoint all of this toxic frequency back to the root cause. And that was covered in that book, The Invisible Rainbow. But when we go into that, barefoot grounding can be a solution. Shildeshot can be a solution. You know, the other things we want to look at is, you know, do we like do we need all of this? You know, that's the other question we have to ask of all this. And that's why I say ask a lot of questions. Do we need all of this technology and always with us all the time? You know, because it's almost starting to turn us very robotic. You know, so I try to say, like I said, to spend more time in nature and disconnecting from technology can be very beneficial, too. But those would be just some of the three easiest things to do for healing your body. And they're just very simple to just bring the cellular balance back into everything. Beautiful. So I want to I want to make sure we're saying the same thing. So I normally pronounce it Shilajit. Is that what you're saying when you're saying Shilajat or however you said it? Yes. Yes. I've learned okay. everything. We say everything in all different ways. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure for the audience, you may have yeah. heard it pronounced as Shilajit, but regardless, you're referencing the um, fulvic minerals usually pressed into a tablet or uh, a resin that you can scrape out. Um, there's also liquid tinctures, something that I've taken daily for four or five years. It's to probably my favorite supplement. And I see you guys sell an amazing um, Shilajit product as well that you guys can check out if, if this is new to you or if you're interested in a different brand. So on the same conversation, I want to kind of uh, pivot into a different but equally important topic uh, that is influencing our health, not in a positive direction that we need to be aware of. And that is chemtrails and weather modification and things that are being sprayed in our atmosphere that are coming down, not only directly onto us, but into our water supply, onto our crops, and then we're eating it and drinking it and all of that. So I really like that you openly speak out against or on really just educating on the topic of chemtrails and weather modification. My first question is, how have you educated yourself on these topics? Because I find it to be a bit, uh, you know, the naysayers are very adamant that there is no real proof. And then number two, can you break down for my audience who may not be aware, um, the approaches that the government is attempting to take? Um, and it's not just the government, right? There's also just people with money with names that rhyme with Yill hates and um, people, people are taking these approaches to basically modifying our weather. And um, so if you can dive into that, what are they spraying on us? What are they doing? Why are they doing it? Um, I guess we'll start there. So it starts with, you can look into the weather modification act of 1976. And I highly recommend everybody look this act up. 
And it's basically saying of the three-letter agencies who are all involved in modifying our weather. You have Department of Energy, Department of Agriculture, Department of Defense, Department of Commerce, and it goes through all the lists. It even talks about how people will be skeptical upon doing things like this because they could be, you know, afraid that if we alter the climate, there could be drastic, you know, disasters. And they talk about all the things, whether it's hurricanes, whether it's fires, whether it's rain, snow, wind, all these different things, you know, and this has all been shown in the Vietnam War. You know, that's what they were doing. They were altering the weather against the Vietnamese to try to figure out how they could win the war. There's also a document called the U.S. Forest Service uses forest fires as a military weapon. You know, so we see a lot of things and we're seeing a lot of stuff on the news where they're saying, oh, the climate is this and the climate is that. But what we're not seeing is who is changing it. Where is the side that's changing it and who is involved in changing our climate to then orchestrate and tell us that the climate is changing and that it's our fault? Because when I look at the at the typical Operation Mockingbird that's presented and with the media, they always say that it's our fault. It's my gasoline car. It's my light bulbs. It's my gas stove. Yesterday, they were saying it's my ceiling fan that's keeping me cool right now. You know, all the things that I'm using are basically influencing the climate. But we're not talking about the people who are actually influencing the climate. And then when you get into, you know, for example, there's a great documentary called Franken Skies, which they go through all the patents and they show how the weather has been modified since the 1920s. People can go to the weather modification or weathermodification.com and they can look at all the airplanes that can be signed up to, you know, change the weather and do this types of stuff. There's some geoengineering websites, which people can also look at to see all these different things. But what they're doing is they, they've talked about, and the White House talked about it also this year openly, that they would spray things like sulfuric dioxide, aluminum oxide, barium, strontium, all these different types of heavy metals up into the air to reflect the sun and cool the planet. That's what they're telling us. But what's interesting is, is if we block out the sun, we're blocking out the source of light. I mean, the sun creates everything. I mean, what wakes us up every single day? The sun comes up and you get up because that's the natural pattern. Just like all the plants, they require sun in order to go through all the processes that they do. So if we block out the sun, it doesn't make a lot of sense that it's going to be saving our planet. And then we had another notion, which was talked about yesterday, about how they want to cut down all the trees so they can turn them into biofuel. And that will save the planet as well. Now, I remember we need to plant trees because that's what I thought I was told. And that planting trees will help save us. But now they're starting to say that we need to cut them all down so we can turn them into biofuel. You know, so you start to see all these holes in things. And it was interesting because I was even looking at the numbers of how much we're going to save if we change out our light bulbs and if we change out our stoves and if we change out our fans. The average savings was anywhere from two pennies to nine pennies per day or about a dollar a month. You know, so when you start to sit there and think, what is nine pennies going to save me? I have to buy a new fixture, which is creating more pollution because I need to get rid of this fixture. And then, for example, get rid of that and toss it somewhere else. And then now you have this whole thing and you're you're basically taking the, the problem with this whole thing is you're taking an infrastructure we already had and you're replacing it now with this not as efficient infrastructure, even though it's told it's going to be efficient. And then we're going to switch to renewables such as solar panels instead of coal. But if we block out the sun, how will the solar panels work? And if we're augmenting the, the weather, you know, how will windmills, you know, fuel all of these things and all these things that don't make any sense. And it was interesting because I was watching a documentary where the guy was at a sustainable event and the guy was said the event was powered by solar panels. 
And the guy actually went with his camera behind the back of the event and they had a diesel generator. And the guy said, well, if this is by solar panels, why do you have a diesel generator? And he's like, well, sometimes solar doesn't really work you know, fully, but we have this as a backup. And he's like, but that's what you're trying to get rid of. He's like, well, we have to have music. You know, people will get upset. So you start to see all these different loopholes in this thing of what they're trying to tell us. But when you get into it and you see, you can see it with your own eyes. You know, if you go outside and you see all these straight lines in the sky, you can see they're not clouds. They don't resemble clouds. Clouds are what I was taught in third grade or whatever it was, were these puffy things that you would sit and visualize and look at, and they would start to turn into something. Now you just see this like weird paintbrush smearing effect in the sky. And then all of a sudden an event occurs, such as a downpour of rain. And they're starting to use all these different terms to try to normalize it. Like this is a downspout. Like it only rains, for example, over my mom's house, but doesn't rain over my dad's house. You know, things that don't make any sense, even though they're within the same vicinity. So they're trying to make all these different types of terms to normalize these things and say that it's our fault. And this kind of pushes us into the 15 minute smart cities and social credit scores, you know, where they would tell you what to eat, what to drink, when to wake up you know, get rid of your car, walk 15 minutes to get everywhere. And the other part that I always wonder in all of this is where does all the food come from? Where are all the farmers in all of this? And we need farmers. Farmers grow our beautiful food. We're connected to the earth. But what's weird about a lot of these climate plans is there's no farmers. And that's kind of a really something to think about when it comes to what we're being told, because who's going to be growing the food and what would we be eating to maintain our caloric intake that they're trying to tell us if they're going to take almost 70% of all the menu away from the people. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty apparent that they're wanting to shift us towards growing food in labs and such and making synthetic derivatives of what was once food that maybe looks and tastes like food, but is very far from. (laughs) So on this topic, one of your most popular, it's one of the most viral videos I've ever seen you put out on the William Reich Cloudbuster. I definitely want to talk about that while we're on this topic of chemtrails because a lot of people may sit there and be like, okay, wonderful. Like that's very depressing. You know, there's nothing we can do about it, XYZ. But there is some fascinating uh, technology. I'll call it a technology because it is. But when I say that, it doesn't involve you know, plugging into an outlet and it isn't new by any means, but can you walk us through uh, what this device is, what it does and how it works to the best of your knowledge? So basically we have a bunch of, in Wilhelm Reich's words, a bunch of dirty orgone radiation that's up in the air. That's what they're creating. You know, they started this about post-World War II. That's when a lot of this all began. And he basically created a counter towards all this. He actually got Put in jail about three years later, which is interesting. But he basically created this device. Everybody can look up the Wilhelm Reich Museum. It's up in Maine. And he created this device that has these large, it almost looks like large pipes. And those large pipes would aim up towards the sky. And what they would do is they would pull all that stuff that's up in the air out of the air. And he would take that device and he would connect it to water. And you can build your own. That's what that video was showing. My buddy Mitch, the orgone donor, he builds a lot of these things and and puts them all together. But they're basically copper pipes pointed up towards the air. And the, the actual device he created is just implanted into the earth or put on top of the earth. And as the lady was hosing it down with water, she began to clear up her sky. And that's what Wilhelm Reich's Cloudbuster was also connected to, a water source. 
And what's the number one thing we see being disconnected? Us from water. You have all these dams being put all over the place to block up all the flow of rivers and the things of which are creating natural free energy. Nikola Tesla was all about it too, water energy. It's all free. So Wilhelm Reich's devices you know, were basically a counter towards this. And what happens is, is you'll start to see it almost like the best way to describe it is it's punching a hole in the in the in the chem the chemical nonsense that's up there, and it's completely blue, while everything else around it is completely cloudy. And I've seen that with myself, with even stuff with doing things with electroculture, and areas in which are above my house will be completely clear, while everything around me is completely haze. And that is the power of the, the ether, the energy, the chi, the orgone, all these beautiful words that you know we used to know about. And we can do things on the ground level to combat all of this stuff. And if you go into like harp, right, the whole harp frequencies and harp bases and those things, they're sending a high level frequency up into the air to manipulate the ionosphere. Well, when we start creating these types of devices like cloud busters and using electroculture and things like that, we're doing the exact same thing, except we're, we're sending the Earth's frequency up into the air to counter the nonsense that is going on. And then you start to see beautiful blue skies. And it's just remarkable. But I realized that Wilhelm Reich was, like I said, shortly jailed after, you know, creating this thing. And I think that that has a really big uh, red flag when he created that, because even there was another guy, Trevor James Constable, who was the man who actually cleaned up all the smog in Los Angeles. And he used a very similar unit where it just spun. It was basically like two pipes that just spun while he was on the boat. And as those pipes spun and he was on his boat, just driving his boat, all the smog would clear up out of Los Angeles. And he was actually the person who cleaned it all up. So there are things we can be doing on the ground level, which can also impact what's going on up in the air. Wow. So what are the what are the few components we need? So you need an essentially organite, a solid amount of organite. And then I believe there was a lot of copper in that. Uh, I highly suggest you guys look at this video. And there's also probably videos on YouTube. I don't know if they've been taken down. But I remember a few years ago, I saw one of a guy on a roof in the Middle East. I don't know if you've seen that one. But he he gets this massive organite pyramid, and, and you can't you can't even see sky. It's just doom and gloom. And then within thirty minutes, you just see this massive hole, like God's coming through, and then it just goes wider and wider. I mean, that's the gravity of what we're talking about here. If you guys have never seen videos like this, um, so it's definitely very real. But I've always wondered like how to actually do it. So we need a large amount of organite, um, yeah. and then we need copper. And it needs to be into the, does it need to be into the ground? Does it need to be grounded? Yes, you'd want to put it into the ground so that it's grounded. And then usually you, what would happen is, is after you set up that device, you can then spray water onto that. Okay. Onto just that like, even just device. like a hose or something. Yes, yes. And you can just spray that on there. And what you're really replicating, if you want to, you know, really think about it in another way, is a lightning rod. Remember all the lightning rods that used to be up on top of the building? Yeah. That's how they got rid of all of those because those were actually balancing out the atmosphere. So you're putting wow. that to your soil or onto your house or your earth, whatever it may be, to balance everything out. And, you know, when you get into old world times, those were the first thing they always got rid of. All the cathedrals, they took down all those antennas, which were up on top of there that were balancing things out. So, yeah, you can use a little bit of copper. You can use some organite. You'll plant it into the ground. There are ones also with beeswaxes too, which are really cool as well. 
but you'll plant that into the earth and you just let it do its thing. You might notice more animals in your area. You might notice more pollinators, more bees, all different types of things, because they also pick up on this healing frequency. The big thing with all these towers and all this nonsense going up, those things impact the frequencies of healing too. So these cloud busters can actually be very healing for the area as well too. What is going on, guys? I just want to take a really quick break from the podcast to remind you that if you're continuing to receive value from the Conscious Wealth Podcast, the absolute best thing that you can do to support us is leave us a quick five-star review and let us know how you're liking the show. I have literally nothing to sell you unless you happen to feel overwhelmingly inspired to join the Level Up Collective, our wealth mastermind, but I will never sell you on that. And honestly, we turn away about 40% of applicants every enrollment period. I started this podcast to give back and share the hidden knowledge that no one seems to be willing to share publicly, let alone share it for free. I'm sure you guys have noticed that we do not do any advertising of other companies on the podcast, nor do we run ads on our YouTube videos, simply because we're playing the long game with this podcast. We truly want to impact millions. If that resonates with you, help us continue to provide you top tier content by rating the show and sharing it with your friends. Thank you so much for the support. Now let's get back to the show. Wow. Powerful. I'm definitely going to uh, try that out. We have, we have a, a massive, I think we have two massive organite pyramids that have copper built into them and different layered uh, shungite, organite, et cetera. Uh, but they're not, I've never tried planting them outside. We have them in different rooms in our house. And I even tried uh, when we got it, we put it under our bed and um, the energy is so high that like you struggle to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I I had heard that, but I'm like, all right, let's test it out. And then uh, it was very real. <laughs> like we put a, I don't know if you're familiar with the Soma Vedic, but we put the Soma Vedic and a few copper rings and the pyramid under us. And it literally felt like you're buzzing so hard. It feels like you're levitating. <laughs> yes. That's that beautiful. You want to laugh because you just said it instinctively. The frequency that comes off the top of the pyramid is 28 kilohertz. It's the same frequency that the bee is levitating with. Oh, so wow. Think about the buzzing, like you just said. Okay. That's what that's emitting and allows levitation. Yeah. So if those points are up pointed at you while you're sleeping, that's emitting that. It's a vortex. It's just spiraling the vortex. And that's emitting that vortex up towards you while you're laying on the bed. So it begins to invigorate and heal. And it was interesting, too, because there was a guy named Les Brown, and he showed a lot of different things with pyramids and how you could preserve food if you put it in a pyramid. And it'll last forever. So there's so much with shapes and frequencies and all these different things that we just have to just start looking at and have an open mind to start exploring. Because a lot of this stuff will sound woo-woo or quackery or pseudoscience, yeah. but that's those are Rockefeller terms. They created yeah. those terms to debunk anything that was actually real. So we have to be aware of that and just look at things differently. So I'm happy you're doing it. Yeah, that's, that's huge, man. And we talk a lot about, you know, Rockefeller and within my brand and what we're doing a little bit more on, on the wealth and education side, but it all connects. And that's, what's fascinating about this stuff. And, and 
the root of really what you're speaking to is just this notion that in the Western world, we're not taught to actually think. We're taught what to think, but we're not taught how to think. And so when it comes to Western medicine and all of these notions, and you bring up like sounding like a quack or pseudoscience and and all of that, it's like, if you don't fit in this tightly constructed box that they want you to fit in, they consider you, you know, not a real scientist or whatever, because you're asking questions that are outside of the norm. And it's very interesting. And I'm glad you brought up Rockefeller because it's this notion of, you know, thinking we, we have things figured out and anything that doesn't fall inside of this narrow box of call it healthcare or sick care or whatever is automatically thrown out. And a lot, it's to the point where when we have conversations, like a lot of these topics that you, that you speak on, which I believe is why your your account is so popular and regardless of how many times they take you down, it continues to grow back bigger is because it's like these notions that you're talking about, they're so, they're so simple. Like a part, a part of us knows inside of us when you hear these things like, oh yeah, that, that just makes sense. But that's how propaganda and programming works. It's like, you 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 put yourself inside this box and you don't know you're in it and and so your mind will struggle to think of concepts or information or possibilities outside of that box and part of the journey whether we're talking about health and healing or whether we're talking about you know more of a spiritual journey or whether we're talking about conscious wealth part of the journey is you have to get to a point where you take yourself out of the box and you start to look at things from a fresh slate. Don't assume that anything you know is correct. Questioning everything. Question the very first principles that you were taught because even some of those first principles are flawed. So, I love that you bring that up. I want to pivot now to something that is especially um, important to talk about at these times that you've been really covering heavily, which is the Maui fires. So, I am not researched enough to have that strong of a stance on it, but you are. So can you share with us some of the different things you've come across that are not adding up? I have, you know, some friends as well, and and I know you do, that are boots on the ground. They live there. And I have heard, you know, directly from the horse's mouth, things along the lines of the water was shut off at the time or before the time these fires occurred. Um, some sketchy stuff in regards to what the, uh, I believe it's the governor or whatever, the leader of Maui has been saying or not saying uh, different things in regards to um, land being acquired and all this type of stuff. So what have you come to find in your research of this? And maybe you could point out some things that aren't adding up. So there's a lot to this and we'll we'll do the summarized version because you can go on for a while on this topic and people need to be aware to look outside the box on this topic. Yeah. Because what we're being told is this whole entire act was an act of climate change. That's what they told us, that a fire came and then an act of climate change. And a fire came from a hurricane. The so irony. Is, you know, questions <laughs> we really have to ask, well, how does that make any sense? <laughs> you know, we, we know floods. We know, uh, you know, like, for example, there's like the, the floods that come in with a hurricane. But we don't know fires coming with hurricanes. That usually doesn't work together. Now, what's also weird about the situation is that the hurricane was over 500 miles away. And I want to give a perspective just so people are aware of how far that is. That is from Miami to Atlanta. We have never seen a hurricane which impacts, for example, Miami impacting Atlanta. 
Atlanta might get a couple drops of rain, but nothing crazy. So that was one thing that didn't make a lot of sense. The other parts that you said is the water was shut off so the people could not defend themselves. The people who maintain the water are actually part of the smart Hawaiian water system. And they were having an event in 2019 called A Day Without Water. And it's just twisted when you think about that, because A Day Without Water was the day they shut the water off on the people so that they could not defend themselves. Then you go into the electric companies. The electric companies are now coming out and saying that the power was shut off before all of the whole incident actually even occurred. So then where were these fires coming from? The other parts that didn't make up is how nobody could get resources or supplies. The people had to go out of their way because FEMA and the other people who were there were blocking the ability for people to get supplies. They were actually driving on boats and jet skis around the island to drop off uh, different supplies for the people. You know, things that don't even make sense. If people are struggling, you would be helping them. You wouldn't be going against them. Last week, they mentioned how they're putting up a black fence all around the city so that they can keep the dust in. That's what they're trying to say. And there's all these foreign police officers and military that's now present around the city. You know, something else that doesn't make any sense. You know, and then when you get into it too more, you have the governor who is trying to propose all these different types of bills just before this event to take away the land from the people and build a high rise. And and all the people were actually protesting prior to this event. He also increased the climate emergency plan from three million to 40 million in June. Almost like you kind of know that something was going to occur. And also, too, why would you increase it that much? You know, double, I get it. Triple, I get it. But 10 times that doesn't make a lot of sense. I also covered how there was an AI seminar in January of 2023 talking about how they want to turn Maui into a smart island. This was a conference which was held in January where the word smart was mentioned 155 times on the document. So you start there and sitting there thinking, okay, well, if it's not going to be a smart city, because that's what fact checkers are saying, why did they mention the word smart 155 times? And then there was going to be an AI governing conference in September as well. And that was going to replace the government with AI. You know, all of these things, you know, one thing I can see but two things, three things, five things, 20 things, 30 things. And then there were a bunch of people who were talking about all these donations. All these donations are coming in, but nobody's getting any of the donations. They have tens of millions of dollars being donated and all this money coming in. But the people who are on the island are like, we haven't gotten a penny. He, the one lady was like, I have to move my tent of things to another location because they're telling me that we don't have security. So you have all these millions of dollars from all these celebrities who own thousands of acres, like Oprah. Oprah Oprah owns thousands of acres on the island. She could easily house everybody. Her house could hold everybody. It's that large. And she's giving out toilet paper and shampoo. You know, and five years ago, she was giving out cars and being on television saying, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. You know, so you start to look at this event and how it resembles things that happened in Paradise, California. Santa Rosa, California, you know, the pictures all look the same. And the other weirdest part about all this is how certain things were burning and other things weren't burning, such as palm trees all still had their leaves. Certain houses next to a house that was burnt down was completely untouched. The one guy even filmed his like um, his doorbell and he's like, my doorbell is burned, but my garage is untouched. Like the fire just jumped from certain things. Or even when the fires were happening, how boats were on fire in the middle of the ocean. 
as if the fire was jumping to each boat, but jumping over the water. You know, all these things that didn't make sense. And the last one, which was really interesting, was the fact that you have thousands of kids still missing on this whole situation. Nobody's talking about the children. Where are they? Two to 3,000 children who are still missing. And if, if like somebody said, if, if kids were missing, people would be in uproar. Not a single thing about that. And then the other part is the winds. There were all these crazy winds on the actual island, but there were people jumping into the ocean and the waves were barely moving, you know, and people were jumping in the ocean to save themselves from the fire. Like all these things, like if it was a hurricane, the last place you would be going to is the ocean. You know, you would be trying to get somewhere else. So all these parts that don't add up. And what's wild is I presented all of this, like all the things that I'm telling you, and they would just come and hit it with all the fact checking and say that this is all false. But I showed all the documents and all these things related to every source. So it's kind of weird that you would think that they're going so hard out of their way to debunk all of this when people's lives were lost. And this was an attack on the people. And to take it to one step further, there's the largest direct energy weapon system in Hawaii. It's on the island in Maui, and it's there. So if this wasn't an attack like that, what was it? And why weren't the sirens put on? You know, the largest siren system in the world for hurricanes, fires, disasters was not even turned on. So all these questions we have to ask about this whole scenario and what we've been shown and then what we're being told, and we have to really question it because it doesn't look like climate change was is what caused this. Wow. <clears throat> Mic drop if I've heard one. Those are certainly, there's too many things going on to uh, for the narrative we're being told to make any sense. At the very least, that's my perspective. As for the kids, do you know any more about that? Obviously, uh, the underlying issue is child trafficking, human trafficking. Hopefully, everyone listening to this, you know, my audience is very aware of these problems in the world. But how do you know any more about how this happened? Like, are we talking kids from their how did they get split up from their family is what I'm trying to ask. Like, so they were telling them that they had to stay home that day because there was a wind advisory. I believe that's what they said. Okay. And so they had to stay home from school because they didn't want them to be out. Now, what's weird is that the day that they told them to stay home, then the parents are all out. So all the kids are unaccounted for. So nobody has anybody to help save them in case of an incident. You know? And so with that, too, is another huge red flag. You know, because I don't, I mean, I, I at least don't know if a hurricane is 600 miles away, why would you close the schools? You know, like if it was, if it was close by, I understand because you wouldn't want the kids to be in the school or whatever else, but 600 miles away is quite the distance. You know, it's, it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. That's like closing the, the schools in another state. It doesn't, it wouldn't make any sense because of a hurricane that's going on in a different state. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. And from your perspective, is this, I also saw some stuff about uh, now there's like the land, the land grab aspect of things. So what do you know about that in terms of, is it the government or celebrities, et cetera, are wanting to buy the land and a lot of the Maui natives you know, that's their culture. That's their land. They're not interested. It's not up for sale. 
And then this happens. And now it's going to be more so up to insurance and people getting paid out and kind of being able to swallow up land. So with that, you know, there were bills that were trying to be put in place prior to this event to take the land from the people. You know, that's a lot of there's a lot of sacred land there. These people have they've owned this land for a long period of time. There's also a lot of sacred water underneath that land as well. You know, there's so much connected to this. And yes, now with this event, it would then be able to take the the land away from the people and then they can maybe turn it into a high rise or a 15 minute smart city or, or whatever it may be, whatever they want to turn it into. Or like you said, the celebrities could potentially buy it all out for pennies on the dollar. I mean, that's what Oprah was doing. Oprah was buying up all the stuff for next to nothing. A thousand acres. Think of how expensive it is to live in Hawaii. A thousand acres is a lot of land, you know? So when you see this, you see this as I look at it as, yes, it's taking the land from the people and taking away from what they originally had and an attack on the people, because it's more than just even just the land situation. It's attack against people and people, in my opinion, should be, you know, upset that like when they were giving them only $700 as a replacement for everything that they lost, that's an insult. That's sickening is what it is. Because if a person lost everything on that day and you gave them $700, like, what? This It's just, it's such a disconnect. And these people need to be held accountable. That's kind of what I'm, you know, I've been speaking about. And that's what needs to happen. People need to be held accountable. And enough is enough. It's, uh, it's an attack against the people and beautiful Mother Earth. 100%. And I am glad to see so many people speaking up against this one. It seems like you said, enough is enough. And I've seen some petitions going around, a lot of people on the ground over there and not, not letting this just, you know, go past. So I'm hoping uh, by the time this airs or shortly after, we will see some semblance of uh, adjustments to uh, reparations or uh, this, the truth and some of these questions being given more of a platform so more people have awareness of these types of things other than you and me who are you know actively digging into them. So on this topic of uh, smart cities and kind of the direction that the world is headed, I've thought about this notion a lot that I'm about to bring up. And so when I saw you put out some content on this, I was a little too stoked about it. So centuries ago, the architecture and design that we would see in, you know, whether we're talking about like Europe, Greece, the Middle East is nothing short of beautiful and awe inspiring. You know, the design of some of these chapels, buildings, archways, statues, I mean, it's stunning. And today, with all of our advances in technology, we have little to nothing to show for it when it comes to our modern day architecture. It seems like we've gone backwards despite unprecedented abundance and technology, wealth, resources, et cetera. So my first question here is, why do you think this is? Is there, and this is something I've kind of reflected on, is there an intentional agenda to remove beauty and divinity from art? Is this something that you've you've entertained or come across? Um, I'm curious of your perspective so when I got into all of this and researching everything from 1893, you know, the Chicago World Fair, you know, you have the London World Fair, you have the New York City World Fair, Philadelphia World Fair. Everybody should go look at what the buildings used to look like. It's yeah, I saw that video you did. It's incredible. Yes. 
It's absolutely remarkable. You know, you sit there and you look at that and go, look at the feat of design, if that is the what's being created at that time. Now, what I've started to learn through this, you know, whole jumping into this rabbit hole is that a lot of this stuff was all destroyed, you know, to give us a different way of looking at things. It's much easier to tell us that we are living like Oregon Trail and everybody was doing things on horse and wagon and traveling across the country and things like that. But what I've realized is a lot of that architecture has been destroyed. It's been decimated. It's been removed. And there's multiple people at hand, small families, who have taken the, you know, the opportunity to destroy this history so they can teach us a different history so that we're not aware of all the beautiful structures and the work of art that was out there. And all of those buildings tapped into the ether, all the free energy. And if everybody remembers, ether is before electricity and before Einstein. Einstein actually started di diminishing and getting rid of the word ether because it, it goes against the narrative in which they're trying to teach. So when we get into this whole history thing, I look at it like if everybody knew what the cities look like before 1902, people would see history very differently because it wouldn't add up. It does not add up that people were on horse and wagon building these absolutely remarkable five-story, six-story buildings out of stone, complete stone, like not even just, you know, they're not wood, stone. And if people were trying to survive because it was challenging to, say, grow food and the lifespans were shorter and all the other nonsense that they told us, then how were people building these immaculate buildings? And what's interesting is, too, is when you get into the 1893 World Fair with Chicago, they said that they put that up in like within six months or 12 months. But the winters were so bad at that time that they couldn't even work. So how did they build? And I have a book that I'm going to be showing this Monday. How did they build, let's say, 250 to 500 buildings in the matter of six months? And if you see how large they are, it doesn't make any sense. And you start to look at this and go, they hijacked these buildings. They put new names on them. They claimed these buildings, and then they sold it as an event to the public to keep pushing the narrative that this is so-and-so's corporation, this is so-and-so's corporation. And then everything basically over time started making people believe that that's who those corporations were. And when I get into the work of even all the stuff related to electricity and everything that we were talking about, all of the technology was already here. It was just people rediscovering it and rebranding it and marketing it as something different. But it was all here and all present. But if there was a reset, and there were multiple of them, if there was a reset, the information was lost, a new group of people would come in, and then they would tell them a new story, and the thing would keep repeating. And people can look into how they found like cities underneath lakes, cities and places in which they don't even know why they're there, you know, all these things that don't add up with the history of what we've been told. And, you know, just to take it one step further, the Rockefellers bought out the educational system in about 1902 with the General Education Board. So anything we learn with history is being siphoned through them and the Smithsonian Institute, who controls anything that's not a part of the narrative. Even the giant people who are 18 feet tall, all of those bones are in the Smithsonian Institute. And when you look at these buildings, you see these giant doors. I'm talking, you know, 30, 40, 50 feet, some of them even 100 feet. You start then thinking, why would you build a hundred foot door? You know, what are you, what, who is the person who's walking through this? Or all these angels on top of the buildings 
There's even the word, which I found last night, and it gave me chills when I just said it, abundance written on the buildings. On all the buildings, it says abundance, truth shall set ye free. Huh. Well, that actually goes against everything we're talking about today because they are trying to change the narrative and show us something different. So I highly recommend everybody just to look into the past and anything that you've been told or, you know, told about, just look it up. You know, because if you start to look at it now at this age, you'll see it totally different. It's kind of like with the Wright brothers in the first airplane. They never show it landing. They just show it in the air. So if that was the first airplane, how come it doesn't land? Where's that footage? You know, you would think everybody would be going crazy. When you watch the footage, the people are literally looking the opposite direction as the first airplane is ever flying. Things that just don't make sense to the story we've been told and the history and all of those things. Wow. I'm really glad you bring up Rockefeller. We've uh, we've had, uh, I don't know if you know Brett Pike, classical learner on Instagram, but he puts out a, a lot of good stuff similar to you educating people on basically real history, uh, different than what we were taught, right? So he focuses more on homeschooling, but you guys have a similar style of like uh, these, these kind of like floating head videos and people, they, they go viral, right? Cause people can't believe that they're true or whatever, or they argue in the comments. So we've talked a lot about, uh, on our different episodes, um, you know, Rockefeller general education board and all that, and, and how he pulled all that off. And that ties into a lot of the stuff that we talk about on the financial side, but it's way bigger than just the financial side, right? He took over the education system, uh, pharma oil, all of it. And so my audience should be pretty familiar with that on this conversation of like rewriting our history and everything like that. Obviously it's very easy to like Rockefeller is uh, hopefully uh, one that's harder to dispute. If you will, it's an easy they to point our finger at. I always like to ask my different guests who are tapped in in their, in their own um, focuses. Do you, from your perspective, do you, view things as if there is one large they that works together? Or do you view things as more there are many different they's who compete with one another to advance their own agendas and aren't necessarily friendly with one another? Mm. That can go both ways because you could say they're all together Mm. and then you could say they are competing against each other because sometimes you'll see something happen in one place and then you'll see something else happen in another place and go, hmm, you know, or somebody trying to gain your side. Like Elon Musk, is he trying to gain your side by saying he's helping people? But in reality, he was also talking about how he wants to chip every skull in the on the planet. You know, so we have to really look at it. But through the whole situation, I kind of look at it like there are a definitely a small group of families. And there's probably more, too, that are not listed. But like, like the DuPonts, the Rockefellers, you know, the Carnegie's. The Bilderberg group, basically. Yes, there's a whole group of people who definitely are orchestrating a lot. Because, you know, what's weird about this whole situation is every time I start digging, it always leads me to the same group of people. You know, even with the light bulb situation, it leads me to DuPont. Even with, you know, the clothing situation we talked about, DuPont. You know, even with, um, you know, anything related to materials and plastics, DuPont. It just keeps leading me back to the same people who have like state parks and they're in their name. They like bought the steak park and put it in their name, you know, to gloat about it and kind of throw it in our faces, you know. So when I look at it, yeah, I feel like there's multiple different people, but there's also the light side, which is us and everybody else who's also going against all this nonsense. 
you know, because there are tons of people doing things on a positive spectrum. And I do showcase those people. And if more people do that, more people speak out, more people speak the truth, more people speak what they know and what they truly know inside their heart. It's I, I feel like we're unstoppable, you know, but if we hold back and we don't talk about these things, then they gain that power. And that's why I've been so adamant about speaking out about these things, because I realize that one thing can change so many lives by just one thing coming out. I mean, it's just remarkable the amount of people I've met through this movement of people doing all these beautiful, positive things and just talking about different topics. So people are aware and that's what creates change. And that that moves us forward, because what I realize is our weakness prior was we didn't know any of this stuff like the newspaper would come out and the radio would come out. And we would have that information, but we can never see another side. Now we can start to see through it and go, ah, you know, that's not going to even bother me. Or like you said, with the money system and the Federal Reserve and all these things, people can start to understand different things and how they can have different types of wealth. There's just so much more that you can see that you would never be either taught or told so that we can keep you in the same predicament over and over again. And part of this whole, I think, in my opinion, revolution or truth truth train of 2023 mm-hmm. is so many people coming out and speaking of different sides. And people have became, like you said, phenomenal reporters. They're doing putting together videos and all kinds of information. People send me stuff and I'm like, wow, you know, like I never even saw it from that side. You, you're doing a great job. But that's what we need to do as a society. And that's how I think we move forward in a positive motion against Whatever this situation is, whether they are here, human, not human, whatever it is, I don't know what it is, but I'm just going to say that they don't seem to support humanity in the way that we would all support each other. And that is kind of how I see it. Yeah, yeah. Like pro-human versus not. It it seems to be very apparent if you judge people based on their actions, not their words, that there is a significant camp of of, uh, influential humans that does not seem to particularly like our race. (laughs) <laughs> and yes. I'm not talking about skin tone. I'm talking about the human race. And uh, I want to highlight and kind of uh, reflect something that you just spoke on, which essentially what I'm hearing you say is you're speaking to this nature of how information has been decentralized. And it's one of the most powerful and beautiful opportunities that we've been afforded through technology and innovation. We've obviously talked about some of the downsides and some of the risks, but it's not to say throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? right? Neither of us are saying these things are are all bad or all good. They have pros and cons. And so it's important to know some of the cons, right? There are there can be health issues. It can mess with your nervous system, dis-ease when, when not regulated, when you don't live a balanced, healthy life, et cetera. You don't mitigate any of these things. Having said that, as long as you keep those things in check, you know, the internet really we wouldn't be able to be in this situation where we're at having such an awakening and a, the the blowback from 2020, right? It's like the pendulum swung and then everyone's locked up and they're just being herded like little cattle. And all of a sudden we're in 2023 and now they're uh, having to recant their statements and <laughs> go back on a lot of the things they told people. And you have a lot of people who are like, well, what about the stuff I stuck in my arm? Like, <laughs> am I going to get, you know, reparations for that or whatever? And so we're seeing the pendulum swing and it's all because technology created, well, technology eventually shifted into the internet and the internet has decentralized information. Before we had a few gatekeepers. So we want to talk about the Rockefellers and how did we get out of the era where, you know, we didn't think to question what was in our textbooks. And that was all we ever knew was only what you could get your hands on that was in written 
text format. Then all of a sudden the internet comes along and we have access to really all of the information that has ever existed. You just have to know where to look. So nowadays, yeah, essentially like in a way you're a reporter, I'm a reporter, you know, Brett Pike, classical learners, a reporter and, and all these cool people I love to connect with and, you know, give a, give a voice on our platform. You know, guys, we, we speak about a lot of things that can be construed as doom and gloom, fear, negative, but really it's not, it's, it's awareness. It's important to be aware of what is going on so that you can educate yourself and so that you can have informed stances on these things. And then if you feel called to, you know, spread that awareness. And that is the beautiful gift of social media, right? We have, it's 2023 and we're witnessing the collapse in real time of legacy media. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but I heard a fascinating statistic in July, just a few months ago, July, 2023, we actually crossed the tipping point for the first time in human history where legacy media. So like TV and all of that actually uh, was surpassed by streaming for the first time ever in terms of viewership. And that very next month, the gap notably widened. So we just hit the tipping point. It took us 2,023 years based on the Gregorian calendar to reach a point where we're not being fed information anymore. We get to vote with our dollars if we want to subscribe to Netflix's membership model or Hulu's membership model, or we want to be on Jordan Peterson's Patreon, or we want to listen to Joe Rogan on just pay for our Spotify membership. Or you guys want to tune into the Conscious Wealth podcast where we don't even use YouTube ads, we don't monetize anything, and we just try to basically give you an alternative to propaganda-based programming. And it's such a fascinating time to be alive, uh, both on, on our end, right, as creators and for you guys. Like, it's not all, you know, we talked about some heavy topics. For me and you, this is just another, you know, another day in the life. This isn't heavy by any means, but I do like to keep my audience's frame of reference in mind. And so, you know, if you're newer to some of this stuff, you're like, wow, it, it's, it all seems so negative. We're, you know, we're going to hell. It's like, no, you know, human humanity operates in cycles. We're at the tail end of what I call a fourth turning. I don't know if you're familiar with that framework about fourth turnings and the turnings in general, but, you know, we're going through that kind of revolutionary period where, you know, in order for us to enter into a, a fresh hundred year cycle, we have to go through some chaos. There's some volatility. And right now it's, it's almost like we've been hanging out in a dark room and the lights just got turned on. And, you know, a lot of that darkness is, is being illuminated right now. And so that's what I feel you're here to do. That's what I'm here to do. And it's an honor to do that. So as we kind of wrap up, I'd love to hear, where do you see the world in 2030? Ooh, that's a good one. So in 2030, I mean, with the amount of information that's coming out now, I mean, there can be so many more inventions, so many more new things, people, abundance of food. I mean, I've seen people have an abundance in food in one year of doing electroculture. I mean, people yielding the most food they've ever yielded in 15 years of growing food. You know, so it really has made me realize like there's so much potential of all the things that we can be doing. And by 2030, I mean, I can see the abundance word everywhere. I mean, that's some part that's not wanting to be shown. And I, I can totally see that. And just even with technology, people coming up with different forms of technology, because like you said, with the Internet, if one person creates a form of technology and shows how it's created, that video will probably get 100 million views and people will have access to all of those things at the same time. And then what are they going to say? We got to ban that technology. You can't. People already have it. You know, and that's the beautiful part of the Internet and what we're seeing today 
and what we're using the internet for rather than just random things. You know, I'm just like looking up random stuff. People are using it to connect and using it to create communities and all these beautiful things. And I can only see that growing. And on, like you said, decentralized platforms and not just the traditional ones, because people are sick and tired of the traditional ones censoring all the information, even if it's true, even if just eating organic is healthy and they censor it. A lot of people are going to get turned off and say, I don't want to be on this platform anymore. And I've seen that through Telegram and all these other platforms where people have now gone to other things because they are over it. And that's what I see happening by 2030 and only continuing for more and more. Beautiful. Any final words or anything you want to make sure we get to before I have you drop your uh, social media and where people can connect with you and all that? All I can say is just keep an open mind. You know, be aware of every single thing in what you are told and what you're what anybody tells you and just keep an open mind and look at it from every angle. Because there's so many different angles in which we don't see and one can just change everything. That's what did it for me. I started seeing stuff from a different angle of how we're not running out of water and not running out of these things. And I can never look back and see it differently because I know the truth and the truth will always shine. And that's what I kind of see the 2023 being the truth train of 2023, where it will only continue and people will resonate towards that. And we all should. And like I said, if somebody knows something, speak up about it. You know, there's no reason to hide information or anything else because you never know who that information can impact and who that can help. And I've had people reach out to me who have known things that I, I didn't even know. And they reach out and it helps put information out there so others can be aware. But on that note, you know, I try to stay positive no matter what the stuff we are dealt with and all the things we talked about today. Because in my 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 seeing of everything is like you said, it's all in like a pendulum swinging back and forth. You know, they're going to have there's going to be some chaos, but there's also going to be all this positivity over here. And we have to see it from every angle instead of just the angles in which we're being broadcasted. Yep. Can't have one without the other. Where can people connect with you? Uh, if you have a website, feel free to drop it. And then also definitely your Instagram because you put out a lot of good stuff there. So they can find us on cultivateelevate.com. We have a whole bunch of information on there. And the Instagram is cultivateelevate. And we have a ton of videos in which people can just share and see a whole abundant amount of information. on. Beautiful. Yeah, guys, definitely make sure to give Matt a follow. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for your time. I hope you guys found value in this. Obviously, this wasn't too long and in-depth, but what we wanted to do is give you guys a wide array of different topics that you may not have been exposed to before. So if you had a thing or two stand out, definitely let us know in the comments You know, if you learned something new or if you knew all of this uh, so that you can go look into it and go research it for yourself, right? We don't want to sit up here and tell you just to you know accept what we're saying as fact. The same way you should never do that with textbooks or anyone telling you anything. You should always form your own conclusions. So go look into these things. Try to prove him wrong. Try to prove me wrong. That's how you're going to learn things. And that's how we learn things. So on that note, we wish you all peace and love. Thank you for attending today's uh, episode. And we'll see you guys next time.